What's up? Howdy, everybody. Episode 74, Bailey and Harper. We apologize for our lengthy absence. That man, I blame him. He's never in town. This man is never in town. He's never in Charlotte. And I've been out of town, too. But he's he's never in town. Robert that is, Harper. That's very, very true. I've been to three or four different places uh, since we had This last, week, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of bad. I've been all over the place traveling and... You know, I'm lucky and blessed to be able to do that. Well, no, you are. It's not, a, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that, you know, when we have to do a podcast, we're like, oh, we'll see you in three weeks. But, you know, <laughs> such is life right now. Such hey, look, life. man, I, I, I did get to attend one thing, Kyle, and um, and we'll, if not, we'll dive into a little bit more, but I got to go to the NFL annual meeting. Yeah, you which did. Which we used to call the owner's meeting. Did you play golf in Phoenix? I did. How'd it go? I actually hit the ball really damn good. Snapped it? Dude, I was... I, I I had some rentals and these pings, G425s. I'm literally going to buy me some. Are you, are you swinging the yet. latest technology these days? Or? I'm not currently. No. I'm not. But these are – I've never seen the ball just fly off my club, my irons, like this. It, the ball was just exploding off the club. So I literally need to get up to technology on this. Um, I didn't have to swing hard, and the ball was just flying. So it was great. But, yes, I just think it's really interesting, Kyle, overall, that it's no longer – uh, referred to as the owner's meeting because that's, you know, we're trying to not be considered, you know, that term of just like, oh, it's just the owners and who they own. And it's just a, it's just a little bit better, Kyle. People are just trying to change the narrative. Politically correctness, run amok. This is literally, I was Poli- like, for real? Political like, correctness, run amok. Kyle, this is what they were telling me. I'm like, you're honest Okay, but your honest opinion on that. So here's the thing. Seriously, I, I've, I've never in my in my entire life, and I and I don't. If I sound like an old man, it just is what it is. I have never heard owner when re- referencing a sports team owner and thought anything other than that man or that person, that woman owns that business. That's it. I've never. I've I agree. Ne- never I agree. once have I like con- I connotations and implications. I've never once had an unnatural thought or a natural thought beyond. Oh, it means he owns the team. Moving on. Like that's that's it. But I guess you know that's Kyle. just. I said the same thing the whole time. It's crazy, bro. And all they were doing was trying to talk me back off the, the ledge because I'm like, well, what are we doing? Have you have you also noticed how like well, what are we doing? when the NBA made that that switch to, you know, governor, not owner, governor, they were like, from now on, everybody listen up. You call them governors. All right. We're calling everybody a governor. Not really? Owner. They're not owners anymore? Where have you been, sir? That was like three years ago. That was like three, maybe four years ago. Wow. Okay. But no, the thing is like the funniest part about it is now like three, four years later that everybody, everybody in natural conversations like, oh yeah, Michael Jordan owns the Hornets. Not Michael Jordan governs the Hornets, but like ESPN and NBA.com, they're writing it. They are insisting that you use that verbiage, but everywhere else on the planet, people are like, oh yeah, the owner of that team you're talking about. Nobody's gone along with it. Absolutely. No one has gone along with it. So, you know, is what it is. Anyway, episode 74, Bailey and Harper, uh, 74 is, um, Still in lineman. We got to get out of the friggin' lineman. We get, you, you and I have been like 20. This is the other part of us getting together irregularly is that we can't get out of the fucking offensive lineman numbers. We just can't. We can't get to the wide receivers. Because uh, I already know my 80. I already know. Which one? I mean, I already, don't, don't spoil it. You know yeah. what? Don't spoil it. But 74. Just get, let's, let's steady right, get these offensive I'm linemen going first, out of the way. You want to go first? All right, I'll, I'll go with Panthers legend Mike Rimmers. How about that? Oh. He's legendary. Yes. Maybe not for all the right reasons. Correct. Correct. Right. Mike why, Rimmers. So why do you call him a legend? Can you read any of his stats? Because I'm, I'm in Charlotte. Because I'm in Charlotte. You can give me anything about Mike it, Rimmers. It was fairly sarcastic, and I don't, I don't know Mike Rimmers. I don't dislike Mike Rimmers, but, you know, Mike Rimmers didn't have the best Super Bowl 50. Um, I, I know that's a thing that gets discussed I mean, that here. was uh, very lightly put. He okay. got worked. All right. I'm not here to slander a man, but, you know, he's the first 74 that came to mind. He got worked, Kyle. That happened. He got worked. It happened. My wife is still angry. Yeah, loves she, his wife too. Right, my right. wife loves his wife. Nice I think guy. they follow each other on Insta. Probably a nice person. I don't know. But Mike. she's like, eh, husband. Mm-mm. Not. <laughs> nope. Done. <laughs> All right, moving on. No, let's, not let, let's not hurt any feelings unnecessarily here. All right. Well, I'm gonna move on. We'll move on. Who's to, your 74? I got a more declarated uh, player. Not trying to throw any shade on Mike Rimmers. Um, he played for a very long time, but this guy played for an extremely, extremely long time. His name is. Number 74, Bruce Matthews, offensive lineman. And I say offensive lineman because he literally played every position on the offensive line at one point in time throughout his career, whether it was tackle, guard, center. He did it all. He also played every – oh, he also long snapped too. Didn't even know that. But Mm. I just looked that up on his resume. He long snapped as well. 
He went to USC, first-round pick to the Houston Oilers, where he spent his whole career with that organization, even when they went to Tennessee Titans. Um, he is a seven-time All-Pro, two-time second-team, 14-time Pro Bowler, and uh, was named to the All-Decade team. Look, he's one of the best offensive linemen of all Based. time that played the game. Uh, he also had a couple sons that played and dominated the game. So just give this man purely a, a superior athlete and his offspring as well. So Bruce Matthews is my number 74. He, he won the genetic lottery. Now, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk, we have to talk about this first and foremost because I, I heard this on the radio coming over here. Okay. And I'm going to talk about it later today on the station. Now, this is like five-day-old news at this point, but I didn't find out about it until yesterday. Um, you may have seen this. The, there's a new bill that has been proposed by the North Carolina State Senate, SB 430, SB 430, Roman, sponsored by a couple of state senators, seeks to eliminate participation trophies handed out by youth I, sports leagues that are run by local governments. I saw this, and I brought this up to my wife last week. I'm like, you see this? You, this you know about this. I did. I saw it. And they were like, look, this, it was like, uh, I think it's out of um, uh, Hickory, uh, uh, Hendersonville. Hendersonville. Yeah. yeah, one of these places are like, look. Up in the mountains. They're, yeah, they're proposing this bill. Like, look, we're tired of these kids just getting trophies, participation trophies. Get it out of here. If you don't win, you're out. Like, you don't get nothing. I, 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 this, I, is, this is some wild shit to me. So, me, I, I really, I'm laughing because I'm like. It's so unnecessary. Yeah, I'm like, what are we really doing? This is such a waste like, of this, this is the definition of performative bullshit. That's what, <laughs> I, I can't say it like this on the air later today because the FCC will find me. Like, the thing is, you and I. just I, think, like, like, you're up there to, like, make change and do some really good things. Like, is this, is this high? This is high on the list because it's not like they're proposing a lot of other bills, Kyle. This so you like, solved all the other problems, is what you're telling me. You're telling me that up in Hendersonville, you have solved all of the other issues. The everything. big problems have been tackled, right? Yeah. Hunger, poverty, crime, all, all of that. It. All of it. You got no issues there. You've moved on to these lesser issues because you now have time for them. Is that what you're saying? So that's my only deal. It's like, all right, I mean, what are we doing? Right. Beyond that, never mind the fact that, like, I think you and I both just in, in spirit agree with the whole participation trophy. Like, the spirit of the argument, right? Yes. Where you, sh you should teach kids that being competitive, striving to win, stri like, yes. th those are good things. Yes. You shouldn't tell everyone that they're all the same up to a certain or at a certain point. But, like, what is wrong with giving a six-year-old kid a memento to, you know, let him remember his first year of t-ball by? Like, that offends you? That upsets you? You, you? you think that you're ruining that kid's psyche, turning him into, what, a pussy, like when he's six years old? Not only who's that, never going to be competitive? What parents, are we talking about? Not only that, Kyle, but when the parents pay for these kids to participate, they pay for the damn trophy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. that's all kind of looped into this package. Right. It's not like this is coming out of, like, taxpayers' dollars here. This is, this is like, the fact that you realize, like, no, we're not doing it. It's, not happening. It's so stupid. It's I, so stupid. Well, I just think it's funny because, you know, my son is playing baseball now, Kyle. And so, you know, and now we're doing a uh, machine pitch. And, you know, I'm not a baseballer, so I didn't really grow up in the baseball world or at what different levels. And so the first game, the, the machine was kind of tuned up. It was Randy Johnson out there, Kyle. It struck out all the damn kids. Like, and then now, second game, my son gets a hit. Oh, dude. He's excited. He's lead, excited. Lead off batter, gets the hit, sets the tone early. We don't score. Then he strikes out, or he no, he hits the ball a second time, gets thrown out. Dude's crying left and right. Tears everywhere in yeah. the dugout. Yeah. I'm just like, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. This is why the kid, you know, the participation, like, stopped giving him out. I can kind of see it because, you know, maybe we cut this stuff out at an earlier age. But then at the same time, I'm like, who am I? Who am I to determine – what kid gets a participation trophy? What kid may actually need that? Because not every kid's going to be an athlete. So, so, so they may not play forever. Correct. So a trophy early may do them or encourage them to do other things. Right. At an earlier age, you never know. Or just like for a lot of us, it, when I occasionally look through my trunk of shit when I was a kid and I see trophies like that, the three or four that I have, most of them are from soccer, let's be real. Um, but like the t-ball stuff, it's like, oh, yeah. And then I, I have memories of that season, what few I, I retained as I got older. But like – that's it. I look at it, and I remember, like, my dad coached. You know, the first time I made a big catch on a line drive, and I was like, I'm the shit, and I'm going to play in the big leagues. I, yeah. I, I didn't, but, like, that's you – know, so, like, I, I just don't see this as being a pressing issue. And, like, one of the quotes that stood out to me was this guy, uh, one of the youth coaches. Uh -huh. one, of the, one of the youth coaches up there, a guy named Michael Keith, 
says that handing out awards for simply showing up does more harm than good. He says, quote, life lessons. They need to know that not everything is given to them in life, that they need to earn something, end quote. What do you want to bet Michael Keith didn't play organized sports past, I don't know, JV ball? Like, what, I, I, And I, maybe he was a great athlete. I don't know. But that tends to be an attitude. I'm, that I'm I, willing to bet he probably wasn't. I, I, that, I hear a lot of that, like the excessive shit from the guys that were, you know, Uncle Rico's. Well, Coach, I could throw the ball clear over that mountain. I'd, I'd, one state, Coach would have played me. Like, those kind of guys. What do you want to bet that he's one of those dudes? <laughs> I, hey, again, I could be wrong, and I, he might sue me for saying this. So I mean, maybe he's not. He might be a tremendous athlete. But I'm just—I'd be curious to find out. That's Kyle, all. I love it. You're bringing the heat this morning. I just—what the fuck, man? <laughs> I love this. Stop this wasting dog. everybody's time. Stop fucking wasting everybody's time. Like again, everybody agrees with you that you shouldn't be telling middle schoolers that everybody's the same. And you I know, agree. Winning as long as everybody has fun. Winning. No, you play to win the fucking game. Everybody knows that. But you can't give a six-year-old a memento for finishing t-ball. Fuck you. Like that's so stupid. I agree. And. Look, it's a time and a place for everything. You know, it's a time to encourage. And I got friends, and we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, a couple of the lessons that we like to teach our kids, it's really not a lifelong lesson. No. But it's more about just building a foundation of, like, caring about somebody more than yourself. Absolutely. All and, right? again, I go back to show me your fucking to-do list in Hendersonville where you've crossed off all <laughs> the important shit that you've already tackled. I'm going to calm down. I've had too much coffee. I'm sorry. And one of the, and a few of these life lessons, Kyle, is, look, and I say it all the time, I, the most overrated thing in sports is sportsmanship, especially as we get older. Right. Like, nobody, why are you helping that guy up? Oh, sportsman. No. Why are you helping the other teammate? No. Why are you doing this? No. Sportsmanship, one of the more over, most overrated things. There's a sports. time and place for it. It's a time and a place for it. That's for what sure. I said. So we teach it early to have this feeling of like, hey, yeah. it's bigger than that. It's about the game. Like, right. Teaching all these lifelong lessons so you learn how to – Give a shit about somebody more than yourself. Right. Care about the society that we live in. Another one, sharing. Nobody shares when you get older. Anybody nah. sharing? Nah. It's like, no, nah, Stay it's off mine. my property. <laughs> yeah. Stay off my property. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like all these lessons we like really hone in and beat our kids up about. As they get older, it's like, dude, like. Forget about that shit. Forget about that shit. <laughs> Nobody cares. But we teach them at an early age. And so oh, these the same thing as the trophy. It's like, look, time and a place. When it's early, give them the trophy. It's okay. You want to build confidence. You want to have these young confident yeah. males and females and, and be able to lean They're on each other. They're careful now. You can't great, say that anymore. Great teammates, things like that. And all of a sudden now, you know, and then when you get to junior high, you can cut. You make cuts on teams. You right. got to work to make the team. Right. But that's a time. For that. Yes. Uh, but this guy in Hendersonville, I, I thought it was hilarious, Kyle. I'm glad you brought this up. I totally forgot about it. I saw it over the weekend, and I showed it to Heather, and I was, like, shocked. I'm like, have you seen this? Like, this is a bill. This is not a national bill, but this is North Carolina. Like, this is – this is very much so trying to get past the, the kind of nonsense that starts in North Carolina but makes national headlines <laughs> because somebody's actually trying to outlaw participation trophies. That's what that is. I was flabbergasted when I saw it. I mean, I was just flabbergasted. My, again, my first thought was, so you, you figured everything else out, huh? Everything I, else has been tackled. I love that you're still bringing the heat, though. That's I love just that you, you, so, this is still – I so, love it. I think it's really so, entertaining, Kyle. This did, is, you, did you see, by the way, not, not to, since we're talking about youth sports um, – did you see the other bill that, that came out last night from Kansas? Oh, no, I can only imagine at this uh, point. Oh, man. Um, yeah, there, there was a, the Kansas legislature that wants to ensure that males compete with males and females compete with females. Part of that is apparently on down to the elementary school age that uh, you have to have a physical to play sports, and that physical includes having your junk checked to make sure that you have the proper plumbing downstairs. <laughs> And it's, it's like I thought in that's, elementary school. Yeah, in elementary school. Like, and, and, and again, like as someone who both of us have been through a lot of physicals, you know, in our lives for sports, middle school, high school, you and, you know, beyond that. Yeah, the checking part's kind of normal. It's like, hey, turn your head and cough. Like, I, I get all that. But little kids, like, are we sure that that's a big deal at six, seven years old? I don't think we should be doing that at all. And, yeah. Um, it seems like I'm they don't even know nothing about it for real. Correct. And like, I thought that's <laughs> what like the birth certificates were for and things like that. And again, like we're watching the po the polarities on each political spell. Like they're trying to outduel each other with the fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and it's pretty wild because it, instead of just being like, look, 
and look, people that were all up in arms about the the H the whatever bill, the bathroom bill here in North Carolina sure. years ago, right? They were like, "Well, I just don't want my young girls in the bathrooms with grown men." I'm like, "Yeah, duh. Like, that's literally everybody." Yeah, like, sure. Like nobody is conceptually thinking you're wrong about. But that. boy, that this whole conversation has evolved. Since but that, now it has really, really taken off, Kyle. Um, and, and, into a lot of crazy ways too. And not only that, but you know, what. I'm just so confused when you tell me about that bill because it's an overreach. Why, it's unnecessary. Well, well, why are you? I I don't even know because first of all, everybody's so trans fearful right now, right? It's like a hot button. Well, everybody's afraid of the conversation for sure. Right, right, right. And so this is like, and we're making all these measurement. This is like a less than one percent of the population. This Correct. Is not like a huge. Correct. You know, group of people that we're talking. Some about might it. suggest that we're we're doing a little bit too much <laughs> in certain ways. Yeah. All right. And so, and I understand, you know, some of these things, but I I don't even know why you would think about doing these things or be concerned with it when they're like a six year old. What? When like exactly? Especially when when it's compared to naturally, like whatever you're born, like. Boys versus girls. Girls are usually more advanced than boys anyway. Absolutely. So it's like, does I, it, I, 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 does like it matter? if they play at that age, like, I thought that was kind of normal. They're just learning at that point. Yeah, like it like does, it, that it, part it, doesn't matter. Now, when everybody starts hitting puberty, you separate them. Right. That's how that works. I agree. That's how it should always work. And that's why, like, I, I've alluded to this in the past. But some of the people, and I'll call them what they are, they're, they're lunatics that have argued with me, well, we shouldn't be gendering sports anyway. You know, there shouldn't be separations. I, I, a, a person that I grew up with, I, I asked her point blank one time. I said, so you're telling me that you think that if LeBron James just decided one day, you know, I'm LeBronica now. I'm LeBronica James. I'm going to grow my hair out, and I'm going to be a woman now. I'm LeBronica James. You, you think really that, struggle to grow that hair out. Well, yeah, it would be a struggle for sure. But do, like, do you think that person should be allowed to switch to the WNBA? And her answer was, well, yeah, I think so, if, if everything – and I was like, then, then we can't have any more conversations because you're not ag- acknowledging biological realities. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I don't hate anybody. I've never hated anybody. I, I really hate a lot of this conversation now, though, because you're dealing with people who are acting in such bad faith when they talk about it. And, like, the World, uh, the World Athletic Council – Last week, two weeks ago, they banned transgender women from competing against elite female athletes, yeah. as they should have. I agree. They, the, the Olympic – so that's what the NCAA tried to stay out of. That's why when the one transgender female, when they won the championship – The swimming championship? Yeah, the swimming Leah championship. Thomas. Yes. And so the NCAA just, like, stayed out of it. Because they haven't been able to rule on shit for like the last three or four years. Well, the anyway. NCAA is terrified of its own shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. You know what I'm saying? It's like they haven't been able to rule on anything. So they stayed out of it. And now that the Olympic, you and Olympic model has said what they have, they're just going to follow that, which everybody knew that behind the scenes, but they were just waiting on them to make it. And now we can just follow that. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and so I will see more and more uh, of those situations happen. I also think. Um, at some point, they may even have their own category. Right. And I think, okay, well, let, like, um, and I also, I was listening to a friend of mine who's uh, uh, the head, head over a uh, high school in California, in Northern California. And he was saying that, you know, a lot of people are getting all up in arms about the transgender competing in athletes in, in high school and younger. And he was just like, you know, at some point, not only are people going crazy about this, but if you're that young having these type of identity uh, questions sure. or trying to figure out your own self, like maybe sports is not the should be high on your list. Same thing as you're referring to as my man from Hendersonville here. <laughs> We're checking off all these things. Like, right. Maybe I want you to address these things. You get right. Be confident in who you want to be. And then if you want to play a sport later on down the road, then find it. But right now, in these younger ages, like, kids are already going through so much emotionally, physically, all these other things. They need to really try and work on some work with some of these people um, about figuring that part of it out first as they continue to go through life. Because they still got another 60 years to live. Sure. You know? Absolutely. And, and look, I, I have a very real... I think a lot of us do, you know, sympathy, empathy toward the, the, the crises that people go through and, and the sure. thing, mental health is a real issue and all those things. But I, I don't think that means you get to trample on the rights and opportunities of other people. And I, I think it's, it's so it, it should be obvious to anybody. Why don't you see trans men, females who've transitioned to women 
or to men, excuse me. Why, why don't you see that sector of the population trying to dominate men's sports? Because it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. It, it's, it's only going in one direction. And I won't apologize for just wanting to make sure that my daughter doesn't have opportunities taken from her down the road. Now, those bad actors in that conversation, some will hear that and understand that I'm just simply going in one avenue of this conversation. They'll tell you you're a, a bad faith actor and that it's really about you know a, a vehicle for bigotry and hate and this, that, and the other. No, it's not. It's that I just watched the Women's Final Four. I loved it once oh. again. As I, oh, I do quite really, often. I can't wait to jump into and, it. And I don't, I, I don't think it's fair to ta- – it's not fair for those women uh, when they're girls up to that point to, to be on that as professionals to have opportunities taken away from them. And that's what yeah. I think happened in that pool with the NCAA. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, I mean, it, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this because you're right. It turns into a conversation where people will call you a bigot and, you know, a, a hateful person and they'll try to cancel you and this, that, and the other. I don't like where the conversation's going, so we can take it elsewhere as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, but, let's take it right into where you well, just left off of. Be, be, because here's the thing. I'll, I'll keep it there for a second. That same person that I was arguing with a while back about the LeBronica James mm-hmm. thing, it was infuriating because I knew this person growing up. And I said, you don't watch women's basketball. That's the irony in all of this. <laughs> I watched Cynthia Cooper. I watched yeah. Rebecca Lobo. I Cynthia watched Cooper Lisa Leslie. Boss. I watched Tamika Catchings. Yeah. I watched Shamika Holdsclaw at Tennessee. Like, I, I know who Gino Oriema is. You don't. You're, you're an internet slacktivist. That's all. You're here for the Johnny-come-lately, you know, latest online outrage flavor. That's why you're here. I watched women's W. I was fascinated by the WNBA when I was a kid and it first launched. Me too. And I, I just – so, I mean, I know who these people are. I, I watch the Women's College World Series every single year because it's one of the most fun events in all of sports. Yeah. And that women's college basketball tournament oh. was amazing theater. And so you end up arguing about these topics with people who have no clue who the, these individuals are, that don't watch these sports, that couldn't tell you who Angel Reese is, that just learned who Caitlin Clark was in the last week because of Jill Biden's dumbass. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, these are the people that you're arguing with, the ones that want to tell you that sports should they should be degendered, and you know that they, they don't watch these sports. They have no idea what they're talking about for the most part. I, I love women's sports. You love women's I sports. Do. You work for the SEC Network. And, man, that tournament, that was the best, maybe one of the most important 7- to 14-day stretches in the history of women's basketball. Kyle, you might, you, you, you might have said it even better right there, that last statement you just said, with the, the, the magnitude of what this Final Four slash Elite Eight became, right? This tournament, this women's NCAA tournament, where you had upsets, all right, where normally in the women's tournament you don't have as many upsets. Yes, it's usually just the ones in the two seeds, and da da da. No, that was not the case. Not only that, but you had some really good performances out there from uh, and and some and some very marketable women as well in the game. Not only on social media, but they showed their personalities. They showed the competitive fire. They showed the things that we all love about basketball, and it's at its purest form. Because they're doing all the right things. They're making back cuts. They're making the screens. They're shooting the ball from the three-point line. They're making their free throws. They're doing all the things that I wish my young daughters would see and love and want to do as well. And I just thought it was amazing. You had star power. Oh, dude. You had head coaches who are great. You know, you had big universities with big fan yes. bases, big a lot. That's one of the things about the Final Four. You 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 juxtapose it the men's Final Four. You had FAU. I'm not even sure Boca Raton knew what was going on during the Final Four. I don't think anybody. I think half of Boca was unaware. I didn't even know FAU was in Boca. Absolutely. Exactly. So That's, exactly. So, so. San, San Diego State. They've got some history. That's a proud program. Yeah, but they're yeah. not big. It's not a big school. No, no. Kawhi right? Leonard's the biggest thing ever. Miami is a small private school. Like it her, is. there's a lot of Hurricanes football fans, but Miami's a small private. It's still school. a small fan base, and it's not. It's a non-traditional basketball basketball power like they're Agreed. for real now like I respect yeah. the hell out of Jim and, and I, I actually love that Miami has went out and told us since day one we paid for all these guys this year absolutely <laughs> absolutely and so then the fourth team UConn up in the northeast I mean it's a pretty big school they've got it but I mean that's it and then on the women's side you got Virginia Tech big state school yep. you got LSU big state school huge you, you got school. Iowa big state school and South Carolina big state school all with passionate fan bases you got shot makers. You got my Hokies who are there for the first time. First time ACC champs. First time one seed. First time Final Four. They had some great ballers. Phenomenal too. story. Yes. You got LSU, right? You got Kim Mulkey. One Kim of the Mulkey, star- great at one, top four. Yeah, one of the women's- stars of the game. 
four right. or five women's coaches, One best coaches of all. Uh, definitely by now. Yes, and not only that, but her dress game is immaculate. You got Dawn the whole Staley. Staff. You got Dawn Staley in South oh, Carolina, the, the juggernaut team that hadn't <laughs> lost up to that point, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you got Iowa with the best player in the nation. Yes. And the people have been asking for Iowa, South Carolina for like two years on the women's side. They've wanted it for two years. Yeah. And they get it in the final fucking four, right? So, of course, it's compelling. And, and will it be like that it, every year? Probably, probably not. Probably not. But here's a great thing about college basketball. Those teams that I just rattled off, most of them have most of their players coming back next that's year. very true. And that's one area that men's college basketball has really been hurt between one and done and just a constant flurry of portal you know, activity. Yep. It's hard to you know, keep teams together and keep teams coming back. But on the women's side, you know, I, I, as far as, again, my Hokies go, Elizabeth Kitley's coming back. Kayla King's coming back. I don't know about Georgia Amore, I think maybe. But, I mean, you got a lot of these girls are coming back next year. Um, so it was a really important seven to 14 day stretch for women's basketball. And the cool thing is they are now about to go sell their TV rights, their media rights. Oh, really? Independently. I don't know if you've seen this. I did not. So now the women after record breaking ratings, they crushed it. They crushed it. That final four game between Iowa and South Carolina was the biggest rating for an ESPN college basketball game since Duke Carolina in 2008 on the men's side. What? Yep. You have to go back 15 years to find a more highly rated game on ESPN. It was, it was, it was, it was amazing. Yes. Not going to lie. I mean, first of all, Caitlin Clark scored 47 with a triple-double to get her team to the Final Four. Correct. All right? Correct. So, this is, so, and I've been watching this young lady for two years, and I'm like, I don't know who she is, but this girl can straight up stroke All, the all ball. due respect to Aaliyah Boston and, and to any – Caitlin Clark's the best player in the country. She's unbelievable. She, well – She's Steph Curry-ish because yes. she can shoot off the dribble like nobody else. She's falling away. Ultimate Look, shot maker. The ultimate shot maker, and she's got poise. She made game winners this year. She made, you know, did you see the last second shot she hit versus Indiana? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ice in her veins, yes. falling to her right, bomb, wets it up. And so you see this superstar, literally, where half the country didn't even know who she was. I, don't, I assume that. I'm, I'm saying that in, and assuming that. But now they all know. This woman is a superstar. Yes. And now you pit them up against the juggernaut that is South Carolina that has wiped the floor with every other team in the country. Like, from top to bottom, they've beaten everybody. LSU, their only two losses on the season, South Carolina. So, who eventually won the national championship game. So, seeing all this and then, look, and the trash talking that was going on, Kaylin Clark waving the one girl off, saying, like, no, nah, you ain't going to shoot it. Go ahead, do what you got to do. Iowa played a hell of a game. Yeah. They had a great game plan. They executed, and they had a, the one X factor, a.k.a. nuclear weapon, that nobody else had in the tournament, and her name was Kaitlyn Clark. And I thought they were going to lose that game. Like, going into it, I thought <laughs> – I, 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 I thought – I said, man – I said, maybe they'll keep it under 15. Maybe. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I thought South Carolina was just going to wipe the floor with everybody in the whole tournament. Well, I thought Dawn Staley would be like, let her get hers, and we're going to shut down everybody else. We're going to win this game by 15 points. I think she probably thought that. That's what I thought. And then she just – I mean, she assisted on everything. Like, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. She assisted she on everything. she on, like, the last 50 points? Like, she either scored or assisted <laughs> on, like, the last 50 points of the it's, game. It's crazy. Or something stupid. Because her handles are immaculate, her passing, her floor, like, everything. Everything. So – and it was crazy because South Carolina couldn't shoot. I, I figured LSU would win the finals just because LSU had better guard play that could actually stretch the floor. You can't just pack the paint on LSU, on Angel Reese and those girls in the paint. And so – I was I, heartbroken during that game, dude. Oh, you, well, you You texted me when I think I when, did, I, I did. when I landed. Because Virginia Tech was up. They I, were up. I, so I, I got And on. that was another thing. It's like we're not even – we're so caught up on the Iowa-South Carolina – where the other game, LSU, Virginia Tech was outstanding. I got on the plane in Houston on Friday. Right, Tech was up. They right, were rolling. Dude, I know. I got sat down in my seat on the plane at tip-off. And so, like, that was perfect. I was like, I'm going to watch this game. We're going to go to the national fucking championship game. I'm going to land when it's over. I'm going to be home. And, and then, like, we're going to the fourth quarter. I'm like, I feel great. We're up, ni- I think, up nine. Yeah. And I'm, this is amazing. They went on a 15-0 run. And then 20 minutes later, I wanted to vomit. <laughs> because they just gave it away in the fourth quarter. And I hated it for them because, I mean, and look, LSU's tough. They're well-coached. Um, but I, I, I thought they got great athletes too. When, and talking about the transfer portal, Kim Mulkey has built that team through the transfer portal. Like they had nine new players this year. <laughs> built that team through the transfer portal. Yeah. So it can work for you when it works for you. It's just, I mean, man, 
It's just hard to build a foundation. I think what they have at LSU is going to be special. Kim Mulkey, we already know, is already a special, special coach. But now her being able to go home yeah. to that state, to that university, dude, it, you couldn't have written a better rule, uh, a better story, sorry. No, she's from Ruston. Um, you know, so she's home. And it's a really cool story. Now, But she's another one, though, when you talk about the drama and what made the women's Final Four so much more compelling than the men's. It was, she was part of that. Yeah, you know, her, her big flamboyant outfits looking like a yeah. peacock. You know, and, and then all. at one point she was begging for a foul. She kind of pushed up on the ref. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But at the same time, though, like not to take it, make it too serious, but like in the backdrop of that, you have all these writers that are like, yeah, this is great. LSU's cool. But Kim Mulkey's really problematic. And her views on the LGBTQIA, oh you know, whatever. And, you know, her and Brittany Griner this. And it's like, okay. She didn't want to speak on it. I, I, I mean, just can she just coach the team? I yeah. mean, I, that's, I think most of us are just here to see if her team wins. Like, that, that's all. Y'all can write about it if you want to, but, like, don't be shocked if not everybody's clicking on that because I'm here to watch the basketball. Like, I that's, feel like that's the same people, Kyle, who, who want to get caught up in those things that aren't watching the games, like you said. Well, I think a and lot they, of them aren't really sports fans. Right. Yeah. They'd rather talk about those things. Yes. They'd rather talk about those things than, you know, how incredible Alexis Morris was, you know, in, in that tournament. Yeah. She's one – how uh, – what is it? Uh, what's her name? Floje uh, – Nelson. Is it Nelson? Uh, it's she was on America's Got Talent. Um, she could, She's an unbelievable rapper. And yeah, singer. yeah, yeah. She rapped for my girl um, Alyssa Lang on live on at, at the SEC tournament. That Flo was like the – Floje Johnson. Johnson. So, sorry. That was the first time that everybody uh, – like, she kind of put everybody on. Like, you knew. Yeah. Like, the SEC people knew. Like, the SEC women's basketball people knew. Right. But then, like, the nation found out when all of a sudden they were like, hey, maybe you could just bust a first hour and she just just hit a flow right there on, did, doing the interview. Did you ever watch her America's Got Talent performance? No, I didn't. It's unreal. <laughs> so, like, you. she comes out, like, she's rapping. Like, okay, she can spit a little bit. Like, she's, you know, she's not bad. Yeah. And then it gets a little harder. And you're like, oh, okay, she's actually got some talent. And then it keeps going. She keeps getting better. And then all of a sudden it's boom, she's singing. It's like, oh, she's got vocals too. Oh, she can now. sing? Yes. Like, she <laughs> absolutely. She I didn't went, even know that. Yes. She went from like Lil Kim to Mary J. Blige in like two seconds. And I'm just like, what just happened here? <laughs> she does, in fact, have talent, America. Like, this is cool. But like, that's one of the, that's one of the stories that probably is getting overlooked here because of Angel Reese doing the John Cena thing and yeah. Caitlin Clark doing it. And, you know, everybody pointing around like, you know, you're racist. And, you know. <laughs> And Jill Biden's like, invite everybody. Everybody come to the White House. <laughs> the worst thing ever. Like, there oh, was, my God. That was not smart it, for it, Jill to say. The most unifying thing the Bidens have done since they've been in office. Because everybody who watches sports on either side of the political aisle was like, no, lady, that's a stupid fucking idea. They're like, fuck you. And you're, <laughs> fuck you and your community and doing it for everybody. Fuck you, and you're doing it for everybody. And the stuff. funniest thing is, not like, happening. like that, their whole, like the nut, the chief priority of their administration, like they can't, they they can't say two sentences without working in the word inclusiveness, you know, or inclusion. And she just walked, stumbled her way into a racial conversation that she did not realize she was walking I, into. Yeah, I don't think I even would have put that together until now that I'm seeing it all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess Iowa whole starting team is Well, but one of the first things I saw was, was like <laughs> people were like black Twitter responding or reacting to what Jill Biden just said. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't yeah, think yeah, about that. Yeah, that's how I was too, Kyle. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, actually. I was like, oh, this is going to turn into a real thing then. <laughs> like this is about to turn into a serious thing. And, it sure did. And then not only that, but Angel Reese, who's very outspoken uh, young lady, um, young woman, uh, which she just stating her opinion. And, you know, when you win the championship, you can kind of talk and kind of say what you want a little bit. Like, you kind of get that yeah. freedom for a while. Um, it, it's real interesting to see because everybody wants to hold these college athletes to, like, this certain type of standard. And we still got to remember they're still young people. Yes. And they still make mistakes. Correct. And they still talk with a little bit of sense of um, not knowing. I'm not going to call it ignorance, but they don't know everything yet they're not professionals they do not um know or understand the ramifications of every single word that they say or tweet out correct that somebody's going to hold on to it and maybe twist it or try and put it in some kind of angle in which they want to use it and not always in the way that you want to say it or let people know what your opinion is or what angle you're coming from. Well, so, so let me say this, too, because, like, you know, I, I'm sure you saw what Dave Portnoy said. I did. About, he called her, yeah. He called her a classless piece of shit. And I'm just like, bro, that is a 21-year-old woman. Like, she, yeah. she's a grown woman, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. like, she's a young person. Her brain won't fully develop for another four years, first and foremost. Like, 
you're calling her a classless piece of shit? And I love Shaq's response. And he's like, your mother. <laughs> like, Shaq went right back at him. Um, but, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you, first of all, you're right. These are young people. They make mistakes. Yep. And, and part of my point this week has been, do I think that what they did was the exact same? No, I don't. I think Caitlin Clark did that thing at her bench when she was walking around. But that said, like, Angel was following her around and taunting her. I also don't care. I don't care about that. Like, it was the <laughs> national championship game. They were heated. Adrenaline was flowing. No doubt. Everything's on the line. They might not like each other very much, and that's okay because that, that, that's a thing that we like to pretend, or at least we say we loved about sports back in the day. Yeah. Man, I miss when Bill Lambeer used to punch people in the fucking mouth. <laughs> I miss when these players hated each other. Okay, well, they just went at it, and y'all are crying and clutching your pearls. Like, I can't believe that classless piece of shit would do that to poor little Caitlin Clark. <laughs> Shut up. They're playing ball, man. What are you talking about? And, and, the, and the, the thing that I noticed or really just took a step back and said, you know what? All these people have all these opinions about stuff. And the person that it was aimed at told you exactly what you should feel, which is, you know, they were winning the game. I, I didn't even care about it. And as I, always, I she's the least offended person yeah, out of everybody. She's, the, the, she was like, I don't even care. Like, I'm Caitlin Clark's like, yeah, I don't, she's awesome. She's a great yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, I, like, great player, great team. I'm like, not offended I'm by not it. I'm not offended, not really. Like, they won the game. Like, I'm not even worried about it. Like, it, it, and then she said, when, when it's as competitive as it is, and we are all competitors out here, like, you understand some of these emotions and actions that come out of it. Nobody's being offended by it. Nobody's... Like all, like you said, clutching their pearls. The people that is, they're supposed to, or, but everybody's going to bat for these people and they don't want it. That's not how they saw it. That's not how they took it. So I, I hated that the Dave Portnoy guy went out there and said some shit like that. It's just really messed up. It's low and it's classless on his end. Yeah. Because you're going to call her classless? No, number one, like she's a female. She's a young athlete and she's doing great things. And for you to all of a sudden just take this one snapshot moment and call her classless, and you don't even, you probably didn't even know who she was. No. You've never met her. You have no idea who this person is, her family, what her values are. You have no idea who this person is. Sure. And you want to call them out of their name like that. I just feel like it's ultimate disrespect. And if he didn't have a successful business, somebody would slap the shit out of him. I, no question. Like he, he well, and Because a lot of people on, on his uh, platform spoke out against him they just couldn't go all the way because they know he's their boss that dude said a lot of questionable shit in his time and, yes. and a lot of people have like i dave portnoy he's also done good things like during the pandemic that whole sure. you know helping to get with their private or that fund that they had to keep private businesses you know he's done some good things too but he crossed the line when he yeah. called her a classless piece of shit like that and some of these people again reveal themselves or tell on themselves pretty quickly you know, just how little experience they have with competition. And again, I'm not going to try to pass myself off as, you know, some greatest athlete. But like, if you just routinely played pickup ball with your boys growing up, you probably got in some fights. <laughs> no doubt. And then 20 minutes later, you're trying to figure out where you're going to eat. And then 20 minutes after that, you're trying to go find some chicks later that night. Like, yeah. it, that's how this goes. And so they're playing for a national fucking championship. They might not like each other very much. Not no. everybody likes each other. And, and, and then if you listen to what Angel Reese said, because they asked her about it, and she was like, you know, I, I kind of was in my own bag. I, I was a little emotional, I'm not going to lie. Right. Which, if you watch Angel Reese play for, like, even when she was in Maryland, she was doing a lot of the same shit. She was talking trash. Right. Telling, telling other women they too little. Mouse in the house. You can't go, yeah, can't guard me. Yep. She's always talking. I saw her in the Final Four game. Something happened, and she was, like, running back down the court, and you could read her lips saying, that motherfucker can't hold me. I'm yeah. like, this, like, she's talking it. She's it's about who that. she is. That's who she is. See, that, that kind of gets her own fired up, and a lot of people are like that. She's got a lot of Draymond Green in her. Yeah, and when men do it, nobody says anything. Right. But all of a sudden, when women do it, we're like, oh, what's going on, or they want to question it, and I, I don't think that's fair either. Because they're competing, too. Exactly. When Kyle. you're competing, you're a, you were a different guy on a football field completely. Than, than you are in life. Completely. And people don't even understand that. But it's amazing how you, that switch comes on, but that's just where you got to go. And sometimes you got to take, take somebody or another team to a dark place that they don't want to go. Right. And all of a sudden to see who's really the best. Yep. You're trying and to that's win. that's what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so when you listen to Angel Reese discuss this afterwards, she said, you know, not only was I in my bag and I was probably, you know, too emotional, but – I didn't like the way that they talked about South Carolina because they the SEC. And those are our girls, too. And they probably are friends with some of those South Carolina girls. You know, they all get recruited together. Yeah. They all play against each other. They all follow each other on social media. 
And the SEC usually takes up for the SEC. And so that was another thing that she said. So I just think it's funny that we all get all of all up in hoopla about it. And after such a great Final Four, and look, if all this didn't happen, Kyle, we wouldn't be talking about it. I still it. think it's a good thing. I, I still think it's a good thing. We're still talking about we're women's college basketball. We're still talking about women's college basketball. Five days after the national championship game. Yeah. And we're not even talking about the men's. No. <laughs> like, UConn is impressive. <laughs> yeah. They're really impressive. They're definitely a blue blood. But the women's tournament was way more interesting. I agree. The way women's tournament was more interesting at the end of the day. And it was carried. They had superstars. They had powerhouse teams. They had big-time names, big school states, uh, state schools. And the coaches were big names as well. So um, Don Staley, Coach Mulkey, Iowa's coach has been there for like 20 years or so, yes. I believe. So it, um, it was really, really great to see all that. And uh, it, it was a great story. I, I'm just blown away. I just I, I love that you I love that you and me and guys like us enjoyed the women's tournament so much, right? Um, and yet we're still misogynist assholes because we think dudes shouldn't be allowed to make, compete against women. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> apparently it does. I, I, I'm sorry, I just had to make a joke. But did you see the? Uh, this happened seven days ago. There was a male Canadian powerlifter who broke the women's bench press record in protest against the trans inclusion policy. Basically, a trans woman, uh, you know, a man, had um, broken the women's bench press record in Canada. And so a man, I think his name was Avi, was like, you know what, fuck it. I also identify as a woman and smashed the bench press record. He's like, now it's mine. Do you see how ridiculous this is? And that was the point that he was making. And everybody, like, it went viral on Twitter, and it was like, okay, more people just need to do that. that that's what we need more of that. We need Yao Ming to come out of retirement and go average 40 and 20 in the WNBA yeah. to stop this stuff. Like, that's, that's what needs to happen. Well, I just don't want it to take away from these great – women that have been able to accomplish and work so hard at their craft correct you know what i mean and then somebody come and cut their legs from up under them just because you know they want to be something else which i'm not trying to take that person's opinion or freedoms away from doing that but at the same time these young women yes work extremely hard to get in their bag to get their craft right to get scholarships like i'm working with my daughters all the time yeah just to have a chance yes you know, yes, to have a freaking chance. And, and, and so I don't want their dreams cut short from anybody else's and nobody else wants their dreams cut or their children's dreams cut either. So that's what it's all about, Kyle. I'm glad we look me and you. We just think right. You know, at the end of the day, right is right. That's all. And, and like when you do right, usually right things happen for you. What if you got little girls, you care about this stuff. You get me. No doubt. You should anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. And I just, you know, the whole the, the labels, the, the transphobic, the big, it's like none of that stuff bothers me anymore because it's just common sense. Look at what this dude did. Avi Silverberg. I mean, just to highlight it, and make a mess of it. He's like, look, you know what? Fuck it. I identify as a woman. Watch this. Boom. Seven hundred pounds. <laughs> Break it. Like, I mean, that's, that's what needs to be done here. That's, yeah. that's all this is. Just to let you know, there is a difference. There, there is a di Serena Williams once said, and Serena is the GOAT of she women's is. tennis. She's one of, the, she's one of the most accomplished athletes in the history of the she world. She was very open about this. She Go once ahead. said years ago, I couldn't beat the top 150 men in the world. I couldn't, right? Uh, we saw, I think it was years ago, we saw the U15 Australian boys team smoke the women's Olympics team seven to nothing in, in a scrimmage. The U15 boys, I believe this is right, the boys Australia team, I'll look this up, but it was the U15 or U16 boys Australia soccer team smoked the women's Olympic squad 7 to nothing in a scrimmage. Um, you know, there's not a single player in the WNBA as great as they are who could play in the NBA. Correct. And by the way, they've always been allowed to because the NBA, there's no policy in the NBA's rule books that says it's for men only. It's for everybody. There's just a reason it's only ever been men. Right. So the point is, preserving women's sports is actually a real thing yes. that, that is being discussed and it, it needs to be. And that's why the World Athletics Council did what they did last week and I, or a couple of weeks ago. And I applaud them for that. And how about NPR? This is where, again, you can't trust the news that you get from people anymore. NPR was one of the news outlets that when that story broke, they tweeted that the World Athletics Council did such and such and such, despite lacking evidence 
that um, you know, I think the way they put it was despite evidence that shows that transgender women have any sort of advantage and Twitter immediately flagged it like, nope, here's six peer reviewed studies that show you're lying here. And NPR got fact checked. And so they had to delete it and had to follow up with a series of tweets and they still try to spin it in their direction. And it's like, hold on, are you a news organization or are you activists? Because I'd like to be able to trust that you have good intentions here. Yeah. But anybody who's been paying attention could have told you your initial tweet was a lie. Yeah. And, and, and was you should have never tweeted that. So anyway, that's my Kyle, I want to be interested in, you know, I, I think South Carolina women's basketball, they're, they're probably one of the highest earners of NIL. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> that, well, and that's and, the other thing, too. Is these, I, I think Caitlin Clark is probably going to have a national commercial by next year. Yeah. Uh, for women's basketball. Yeah. I think she will be a national uh, sponsored whatever, whether it's Nike. Somebody's going to pay this young woman some money. Yes. And she's going to stay in college, I hope. Good. I don't think she's announced that she's going to WNBA. Somebody said to me like two days ago as we were talking about this, they said, said it's a shame that Caitlin Clark and somebody else, you know, can uh, can make more money staying in college than going to the WNBA. And, and I was like, well, why is that a shame if they're making good money? I don't – first yeah. of all, I don't think that's a shame, right? It's, it's not incumbent upon college basketball to build up the WNBA. That's the yeah. WNBA's job. That's their job. Uh, you know, and if the WNBA is smart – And the NBA is already – supporting it too sure and if the WNBA is smart they'll make sure that Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese end up in big markets in the same conference (laughs) so they can play each other all the time that's like if you want to grow the WNBA that's stuff like that but Caitlin Clark is going to make real money I I agree she Um, has to I think the only women's basketball players making more than her like the Cavender twins down in Miami oh yeah Um, yeah. they make a lot but that's but that's social media that's what the social that's why they went to Miami too right like that's where social media for me is kind of you know it's a it's a double-edged sword the, the 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 gymnast in LSU mm-hmm. killing it. That, what Livy, whatever she crushing it. She she's not even the best gymnast on the team, but she's making a lot of money because she's of her making way media more. Fund. And Caitlin Clark's got like four hundred thousand Twitter followers. Like she's making good for them. Yes, like, and I, I just was confounded by that text because they're like, it's a shame that. They, so why is that a shame? Did, does it matter where you make your money if you're making your money? I don't think it should, especially not in that context. Unless. But. You're getting it from the Saudis and your live golfer Ooh. instead of the Ooh, PGA. We haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> Today's day one of the Masters. You were, you were in Augusta Monday. Yes, you I, went, the I, went, I went to practice round on Monday. Did it's you like, find Tiger? Man, what about a transition right there? Did you find Tiger? Of course I did. I know you did. Dude, all you, you got to do is follow the roar and the crowd. Okay, fair enough. It's, it's easy. So He still has the biggest following, doesn't he? It's not even close. Not even close. That's insane. It's not even close, Kyle. Um it's really interesting because um, I guess now they said it used to be like now you can see Tigers like like four rows deep. They said when he was in his heyday 20 years ago, it was like eight deep. Everywhere he went, it was like eight deep. You couldn't get anywhere close. You had to like be standing on something to be able to see people. And so and, – and it's just – I thought the coolest thing about going to Augusta, that was my first time my neighbor, Mr. Duke, took me. Uh, we talked about it six, seven, eight months ago. And he's like, I go all the time. I was like, man, if you ever get an extra ticket, let me know. I would love to go. Yep. And, and so he called me. He took me up. We stayed the night before in Columbia. Then we drove an hour on over to Augusta. The, the, have you been? To Augusta? Yeah. I have been to Augusta. I've never seen golf at Augusta. All right. You've never been to the Masters? No, I've never been to the Masters. I had an opportunity right. to go a couple of years ago, but the pandemic shut that down. Okay. Yep, yep. So, Kyle, a couple interesting things. Number one, for all those that haven't been, parking is free. All right. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Just a little different. It's not like every other golf tournament you go to. Yeah. You pull in, they roll you in, parking is free. We parked at a church that is across the street that was free as well, and we just tipped the people. And so we didn't have to deal with the traffic getting out. So Beautiful. All right, but that's because my man, Mr. Duke, is a very veteran. He's been there a ton of times. So we park, we walk in, I'm like, so parking is free? And like, yeah, all this parking lot, this used to all be houses, 20, 30. Like, they've just been buying up the houses the last 30 years and just knocking them all down so we got parking for everybody that's free you get in and everybody's a patron you're not a fan because like once you get in i love the fact that everybody's the same like there is no special ticket to like have a sit a seating area in this hole or a seat in this one and like you know everybody saw remember a couple years ago when um the swimmer michael phelps was behind tiger woods on that great tee shot yep on 16. And everybody's like, dude, that's Michael Phelps right there. Only reason Michael Phelps is there, because he got there early. Like, literally anybody can sit anywhere. And all you do is just get there early, Kyle, set your chair down, and you're good. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to move it. 
nobody's going to touch anything. The food and the drinks are super cheap. I got a sandwich, a drink, and some chips. My man Duke got a sandwich, chips, Ten and some bucks. drinks. $11. Oh, I was like, God. I was like, <laughs> it's a slice of Americana that should never go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, whoa. Yeah. And, of course, the pro shop and the gift shop is just, I mean, everybody spins out of control. I drop, I drop quite a lot of money on that one, but I feel like Santa Claus when I got home. But it was great, Kyle. Um, the, the, the hills, and you just don't see all that on tape. There's not a flower. There's not really a couple. I only saw a couple pine cones that looked like they were out of place, Kyle. This place is immaculate. Um, to see all the holes, to see it all, it's beautiful, man. It's like a place no other. And it, to me, honestly, it was one of the most, one of the best fan experiences I'd ever been to, sporting events-wise, just purely because, man, when you get there, like these people sitting here, they're at the practice range. But you can just go anywhere, Kyle, and there is no like VIP area except for one little cabin spot where the, the members have a little something set up. But other than that, Kyle, Man, if you walk around, because I was like, so all you have to have is just this lander. He's like, yeah, dude, like all these seats, they're whoever's first come, first serve. Oh, everywhere. Dude, it doesn't matter. And so for me, that was a unique experience because so often in American sports or venues or sporting events, it's always got to be some kind of VIP or some kind of blocked off access where you got to have a certain pass to get here. And that's not the case in Augusta. It's so beautiful. I was going to Athens years ago for a conference and I just, I'd stopped through. I went down, went, I guess, cut down through Columbia. It took 20, 20 West. Yep. Okay. So, um, so I went that way and I stopped and I kind of drove in, took a look, took a look around and. Uh, again, I was stoked back in 2020. I was supposed to go down for a practice round like you in 2020, and uh, well, I, I got canceled. So uh, <laughs> I guess I'll make it in a couple of years. So this hole right here is a long par three. It's uh, part uh, hole six. So I think this is probably sneaky, sneaky, like one of the best seats in the whole venue because it's an elevated tee shooting downhill to a lower tier green. And in, like once off the hill, it's a lower little flat area where you can just pull up and have a seat right there. So you can actually see everybody teeing off from six, landing it over. You can also see uh, the green on 16. You can see the green on 16 where they're trying to play at as well. And then you can also see a green on another hole from there as well. So it's just really cool. Like you get more angles from certain areas, all the little viewing spots. Man, it's just a whole different vibe. This year is going to be really interesting because as I've done a little bit more research, you know, you got all the guys from the live that are able to play, like some of the past champions and people that are invited. And I I heard Freddie Couples do an interview because Roy McIlroy was like, you know, fuck Phil Milkison on Full Swing, the Netflix special. Yeah. And and a lot of people, Fred Couples was like, look, I don't have any hatred towards any of these guys. He's like, look, but at the end of the day, don't shit on the other people. Like the other, don't shit on the PGA because the PGA is the whole reason you even got to where you're at. And everything that Augusta is about, which is just promoting the game because they're not actually part of the PGA. So that's why these guys are able to play here. And so, you know, a lot of these guys like Joaquin Neiman, he will, he came up through the Latin America championship yeah. tour. So, but now he's over with live like that don't, but the only reason you even got to live is because of the Latin American tour, which the Masters started because they want to promote the game everywhere else in the world. That's what they're all about. So don't bang on these other ones just because you're getting more money here now. Doesn't mean you get to talk and bash the PGA at all. Just go play in your tournament and be fine with it. That's all they're saying. And so I think eventually all this gets worked out, all the, all the stuff between the PGA and the Live over the next couple, uh, the next year or so, just because – um, everybody at the end of the day wants to continue to promote the game, and I don't think they care as much about who's getting the check. I just love that they didn't invite Greg Norman. I think that like the pain. They said Greg Norman. They was just like it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been a good. Good vibe. The everybody le- got invited except him. The level of petty that is not inviting Greg Norman is my favorite. <laughs> I think it's awesome. It's one of my. It's one of my favorites. Look at Brooks. Brooks Kepka getting some swings in. Who's more jacked right now, me or Brooks Kepka? Be uh, honest. You are Kyle. Yes. Straight up, bro. Yes. I will say this too. Have you seen that Netflix special, The Full Swing? Uh-huh. I don't think so. So, so it's, a, it's about following all the PGA Tour oh, guys. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. No. And, you know, Brooks is on there. And I got to be honest, dude, Brooks was like a mental midget, bro. Like, <laughs> he was getting so caught up in his own mind. 
<laughs> he couldn't get out of his own way. He was a mental, like, head case. Yeah. Like, he's, he was questioning everything. And I'm like, dude, all you do is overpower, overpower golf courses, bro. He can't make a putt anymore. He didn't know what was going on. He's got a hot fiance that's just walking around in the bikini and stuff and just – like, you know, Brooksy was doing so well when we first met. And yeah, I shot my shot in his DMs and blah, blah, blah. And look, I, I don't know, man. It, it wasn't a good look for Brooks. I, and hopefully he can shake it a little bit. But I, and he comes across as an arrogant, arrogant dude, too. So. Who, Brooks? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, but I'm not a fan of his anyway. So well, I don't, really there are a lot of people that dislike Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say I dislike him, but I'm Well, not, from I'm a sport, not, you, I mean, in a sports context, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hate the man. I don't know anything about him personally. I, I just, do like this guy, though. All right, and I know what's my guy that always comes on your show once a week that I'm always a fan of. Who? Um, Talking what? Uh, he talks golf. He talks. Oh, Chippy Chip, Chip oh, Patterson. Chip Patterson, that's yeah. my guy. You know I love me some Chip. I love I'm some I'm, Chip. I'm cutting that out in Texas. I to love him. me some Chip, and and he loves Big Butt John Rom. Getting to see him hit the ball was really nice. Also, one of the funny things, Kyle, was seeing some of the live guys like like Phil Mickelson didn't come out because he was trying to keep a low profile. Like didn't come out. Now his brother, who's his caddy, uh, came out, and then John Rahm saw him. Who uh, he was, he Phil Mickelson's brother, who's his caddy, was John Rahm's college coach at Arizona State. So seeing all those connections, like stuff like that, you just never see. And I don't even know half this stuff, but it's really cool that I got to learn a lot. No, I think that's great. I, I was jealous when you told me you were going down a couple of days ago. I mean, I got a great picture in front of the, the clubhouse, like. I think I may post it today. I'm Good gonna, for I you. Need to download it. Uh, that, so, the, so they're obviously it's not it's a lesser it's a lesser tournament, but you know they're uh, the Wells Fargo's back here in Charlotte, and what is it like four weeks? Yep. Yeah, I think it's actually four weeks from today. I think uh, your boy is in the celebrity putting competition. You? Yeah. What are you looking so shocked you, for? Because I didn't even know you played golf, Kyle. Do you even have a, a putter? Yeah. Yeah, I used to play a lot. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty good. Like you not, are? Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, oh, shoot. Hold on. I'm trying to think if you know. Oh, you know Kevin Weidel? I know that name. Baltimore Ravens scout. He lives here in Charlotte. Uh, used to run Scouts, Inc. for ESPN. Kevin okay. Weidel. He was, like a, he was a quarterback somewhere, like a small school. Anyway, ask Kevin Weidel. I was doing a, a remote one day, and I think I was doing the show from the clubhouse, and I was sitting next to the ninth green. And I got off the air, and they were they were coming up the ninth. They were at the ninth tee box. It was a par three, and I walked down there to see him. And he just pitched me his nine iron. He's like, "Hey, do your thing." And I stuck it inside of ten feet. Hadn't swung all day. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not the greatest golfer of all time, but hey. when, the thing is, like, I first of all, I get very frustrated. I'm the guy that you know, I I, I can that don't I, that doesn't practice and gets mad when they don't play well. Correct, absolutely. <laughs> so if I'm if I'm good, I'm pretty good, right? But if I'm bad, it's gonna be about a 102, and I don't want to talk to you for a day or two, and I'm probably not gonna play again for like two months. I love but it. that's why I quit because I was I had a couple of bad days. I was like, you know what? I'm not wasting five hours and 100 bucks on a Saturday anymore, so I stopped playing. But um, I mean, I, I'm I've been thinking recently I might start playing a little bit again. Come on back, man. I'm I'm, I might do it. I'm, I'm I try and play as much as I can. I'm trying to get better. I've been working on some things. I need to get back to seeing my golf coach uh, in the next couple in the next week or so, but just trying to be better, man. Um, keep it going, keep it rolling. I, I'd, it's it's fun to it's a good experience when I'm playing. Well. I'm playing today. When I don't play well, I don't handle it well. I don't like it. I don't have a good time. I want to play well. I and, get it. You know what I mean? I get it. I want to play well too, and I stink. And, and I and somebody, mine is just I got to I got to be off the tee clean. I got to get better. See, again. that's where I'm best. Off the tee is where I'm best. Um, you know, this whole putting thing, I don't know. I don't know. It's, so basically, I'm, I think I have a chance to win 100 grand for a charity in this celebrity putting thing I'm doing. I, I got to look at the email. But my guy, Gary Sobo, over at the Wells Fargo Championship hit me up. He's like, hey, you're in it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to win I it. love it, KB. Yeah, I'm going to win it. Congrats, dog. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get anything. I'm just trying to win for charity. You know, well, who's your charity? Me? I don't know. No, we meet you. No, I don't. I don't know who it is. I think. I think they assigned me a charity. <laughs> oh, you get assigned. I don't think charity? I have a choice. Oh, but I'm cool with it as okay. long as it's a decent one. I'm pretty sure. So I know I'm. I'm part of the celebrity putting challenge at the this Wells guy, Fargo. This guy, Adrian Moronic. All right, right here. He's two under through eleven. Kyle. He's actually from Poland. First Polish golfer to ever make the Masters. Really? Yes. Oh, that's I, exciting. I learned this about him. Not only that, but I saw him putting. Dude has a sweet stroke. Really? Man, he's tall and can ball straight up. He's 29 years old. Uh, I'm a fan of his. He's in the top 10 right now. So 
those are another things. You, you start to fall in love with certain guys. He actually made it because he won in Australia. He won an Australian Open and, and someone else. And so because of the um, whatever that tour is called over there, I forget, the European tour, oh, yeah. that uh, he actually qualified and is actually here. Huh. All right. Well, this has been fun, and I'm, gonna, I'm not taking for granted the fact that I'd still live down the street from you for a few more weeks <laughs> before I move. Hey, could you please just on the way home be safe? Because that fucking speed trap you got right by your house, Kyle, is I, real. I, without telling people where I live, um, <laughs> in the last seven days, when I walked in, Roman, one of the first things he said to me was, I, I'm so glad you did. They have deployed an army of dirt bike cops on my street. Like, they're not even full-blown motorcycles. They're like dirt bike cops. And I'm watching them zip back and forth, just pulling people over. I bet you they've handed out 75 tickets in the last three days. Easily. 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 Kyle, I took... I took our designer to the airport. I told you that. I'm like, oh, shit, man. They got a, a big police stop up yeah. here, all right? Yeah. Like, what I, 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 I need to make sure I don't go back this way. And I went back. And when I was going, it was like four cars pulled over. When I was coming back, it was like six cars pulled over. They are not BSing. They are not playing around catching people over there. Like, they're getting you. Well, they're not messing one around. of the first ones I saw was like a cruiser motorcycle, one of the big ones, like the heavier ones, like relaxed seats. Uh, all they got the big, you know, the cargo in the back. But then the next two I saw were like on literal dirt bikes. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Are you real cops? Like, what's going on? But they're pulling people over left and right. So, um, no, it's good to see you, buddy. Good seeing you, man. Episode 75 coming.